about that. How's it going? Good? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Thank you so much for coming. Welcome. Welcome to the show. My name is John Hastings. This is a, a little bit of an experiment here at the Fringe. So what's going to happen over the next hour is I'm going to uh, riff off the top of my head based on a topic that was emailed into me by another comedian doing a show on the Fringe. So it's going to be funny. It could be poignant. It could be weird. It may not be kid appropriate, but you're wearing a denim jacket. And how old are you? You're 13 with a denim jacket? Jesus Christ. And look at your hair. You look like you sell cocaine for the Eagles. <laughs> but what's your name, brother? Uh, Cameron. Cameron. Your name is Cameron. You've got a denim jacket and you're wearing capri pants. But that's, is that cool now? <laughs> you don't know? You don't give a fuck about cool, do you, Cameron? <laughs> no, you just sit in your room and play the bass guitar, don't you? <laughs> do you play the bass guitar? I play guitar. You play Who fucking saw that coming? Power... <laughs> Power the fringe, ladies and gentlemen, right? He's not even a plant. That's the actor I hired. And Cameron, who is this? I like, by the way, that you're definitely doing the, like, 13-year-old, we're friends, but we're not gay, so we'll put a bunch of bags in between us. So when a hot chick shows up, she, come on in, guys, you can come in. I like you all huddled. Not that one guy's like, no, not at all. That one man who looks like he runs a snooker match that's illegal. Everyone turn around. No, 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 I'm talking, look at, exactly, perfect description, right? No, I'm talking about you, sir. My voice is amplified. You can definitely hear me. No, and now he's being that very, no, I can't. Yes, you can. I'll send Cameron out there and he will teach you how to play guitar if you know what I'm talking about. And so Cameron, who is this man who is with you? This man, this other 13-year-old. He's 10 and he's my brother. He's your brother and he's 10. I like how you're like, he is not my friend. He is my younger brother. I am better than him. Have you seen the denim jacket? The Harley Davidson Eagle patch is on order. I will sew it on the patch because in my carpet, in my carpet fort, that's how cool I am. I don't have a fort made out of blankets. I use carpets. That's why my mom is just has a smile of just abject terror because I'm 13, so I've masturbated in every part of the house. You're 10 years old. You will learn what that is very soon. How was the pro comedy show? Pretty good until the mother of Cameron just beat the shit out of the comedian. <laughs> He's not supposed to know about that yet! That's fantastic. All right, front row, dead center. Hi, guys. You knew my name when I, you came up, and I... I, I know, did we meet sometime? Yeah, we yeah. gigged together. We gigged together. Our, yeah, we did. Where did we gig together? TNT. TNT. Yeah, totally forgot. There's the thing <laughs> that happens at the fringes. It's all these comedians that are here. You can feel it. There's an energy to this festival, right? You know what I mean? That energy, and it's like excitement, and there's something else, and that something else is the moment every comic has when someone walks up and goes, hey, John, and you go, hey, you look, yeah! Because I just, you know, you meet a thousand people over the year, and then they all converge, and then we all just line up to introduce ourselves to each other, and no one remembers anyone, because comedians are drunks. We are drunks. <laughs> I'm not drinking this month, and three different people have gone, pfft, why? One of them was hungover at seven at night. And not like, ooh, a tinge of a headache. He had just thrown up, and he looked paler than I do, and I am the most pale. All right, enough riffing jokes. What show are you doing at the French? Uh, Signal Failure at the Underbelly. Signal Failure at the Underbelly, what is it? It's a rom-com. Guys, if you are so impressed by this show, and you should be, who knew Cameron would be a wealth of humor? <laughs> Go see Signal Failure. It's a rom-com at the underbelly. What, what do you mean? So it's like a live romantic comedy? It's, yeah. it's a romantic comedy. Is yeah. Vince Vaughn in it? 
<laughs> you look like Vince Vaughn. For those of you guys who don't get that joke, Vince Vaughn used to be a really good actor. He was in movies like Swingers, and he was also in like Wedding Crashers, which I tell people I don't like, but I really fucking enjoyed. I did. Christopher Walken played Christopher Walken, and it was still great. And now all he does is he's just in romantic comedies where he does this face. I'm gonna. It's being recorded for the internet, but I'm gonna do a visual go where he just acts like he's sad about a fart. Just. Oh. And then he has a menial job at a video store. All right, enough Vince Vaughn gags. Let's get to the point of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, the show suggestion came all the way from the fantastic Pippa Evans uh, from uh, Showstoppers, uh, which is the improvised musical, and she also does a character called Loretta Maine, where she plays like a broken-down, sad American rock singer. And she's a really, really nice lady. She also does something called the Sunday Assembly, which is this like atheist church, which is just bananas. I went and did a fundraiser for them, and let me tell you about this. So it was, I don't, who here, atheist? Round of applause? Very atheist move right there, just one finger, uh, yes? I don't think you need to ask the question, you should just say, who here is correct? It would be me. And then people who are agnostic, I'm agnostic, agnostics are in the house? Yeah, very nice, again, less than one finger, full hand, yes, we are not sure about anything, really. It's not that we don't not believe in God, it's just that we believe in hedging our bets, so if the heaven turns out to be real, we could be like, listen, it's not that we didn't believe, it was just like, sex before marriage is fucking awesome. I don't know if you've ever had sex before marriage, well you haven't, you're an angel in this joke. But anyway, she runs an atheist church called the Sunday Assembly, and uh, it's a really amazing thing, they have lectures from scientists, they sing hymns, like Superstition by Stevie Wonder, which is a little bit of a fuck you to Christianity. But, and like, listen, I'm not, I get it, I'm, a, I'm agnostic, which is the greatest place to be, because there's no meetings for it. No one gathers together and go, what do we believe in? Who fucking knows? All right, enjoy football. Like, we just nod at each other. Yeah, thank you, guy at the back who was just like, that's how I feel. This is how you know you're agnostic. If you go to Christmas Eve with your family, but only because your grandfather's drunk and you want to see what he says during the message, agnostic, right there. You just believe in alcohol and good times. This is literally what my grandfather says every Christmas is when my grandmother always comes in. It's like timed. I don't know how your Christmases are, but my Christmas runs on a strict schedule of almost fights and then everyone's too drunk and then time for a movie. And so around two o'clock, my grandfather will come out of the kitchen. He smokes, he smokes inside. You guys are so young. You know, remember ever a time when people could smoke inside, do you Cameron? Listen, there used to be this glorious time <laughs> when everyone was way cooler than we are now. And part of that was because we had to wear suits because we all looked like we were 75 when we were 26. Because every room was just people smoking and you could drink in the afternoon. You know how your grandfather is like angry in the morning and then he just relaxes around noontime? He's drunk, Cameron. He's a drunk son of a bitch. And the entire world used to be like that. It would hit noon and someone would say, it's five o'clock somewhere. And then you'd drink like a gentleman's drink, like a gin and tonic. Because that, like there was a time when beer wasn't supposed to get you drunk. You would just drink that in between drinks to get you drunk. <laughs> Fucking, man, do you know how much fun slash how dead I would be if I was alive in the 70s? Because I love drinking in the daytime because it just seems naughty. If that was allowed at work, you wouldn't be watching an improv show. You'd be watching a man asleep with bottles just littered around the venue. <laughs> Occasionally, I'd just peek my head up and point at you and go, I remember you from TNT. Your set was dynamite. <laughs> oh, before we get to that, actually, the show got, the show got mail 
I didn't even know that this could happen, so it's a new feature. <laughs> if, you, if you would like to send a letter, just drop it off at the venue, and I will read it the next day. So this comes from, uh, from Lee. I don't know what you're thinking. John, where am I going to hear the podcast? Well, listen, the internet's a motherfucker, and I, if any of you know how to make an RRS feed, please help me, because I called my computer a, f a cunt four times this morning. Never say that word, Cameron. Never say it. <laughs> You, you can say it, because you're going to need help, because this guy seems like a prick of an older brother. But <laughs> Only in the UK would definitely the two people charged with watching these kids being like, fucking nailed it! Good one pale American. I'm Canadian now. So the podcast will be available on iTunes. It's already up on SoundCloud. You can find it. Anything can be a podcast. Podcast, just Google it. It comes up. Not right away. A band called The Anythings comes up first. So if you want to send them a message like, go fuck yourself, that would be appreciated. Or if you'd like to send mail to the show, just drop it off at the venue, and I will read it. The, uh, the lovely bar staff handed it to me like they were handing me a severed head. They were like, this was left for you. And then they took a step back. Don't act like you didn't. You both just went, this is for you. <laughs> as if it was going to explode and it comes from Lee who was here yesterday uh, for those of you who haven't listened to the show which is everyone and for those of you who have Lee was the polite gentleman who pointed out that the choral singing was coming from the show next door there was a whole thing Sean Connery was here yesterday Yesterday, guys you should have been here it wasn't actually Sean Connery it was just one of my flyers who did a shockingly good Sean Connery accent and then later got drunk and was doing it to chicks and mixed results anyway <laughs> Our letter comes from, from Lee. Hi. Hi, John. I'm very bad at reading out loud, by the way. I mean, you know, so you, we never read out loud anymore? When I was in school, like you're in school, you read out loud all the time. Like your teacher's like, Cameron, read from To Kill a Mockingbird. Is that what you're reading right now? What book are you reading right now in school? We're not reading anything. You're not reading it? What the fuck happened to the education system? <laughs> wow. Scotland wants to be independent and the kids aren't even reading. What do you do? We just hit them with books. It sort of works. So get ready to watch me fuck this up. Hi, John. Here is five pounds for yesterday's show. Dash, I didn't expect it to be good, but it was so good. That's the most English letter I've ever gotten in my life. He could have written, it was really good, not, I expected it to be shit, but as it turned out, not as big a pile of shit as I thought it was going to be. So I'm okay to pay for it. By the way, uh, we will be accepting donations uh, after the show because um, this festival isn't free. Uh, and by donations, I mean money. Money can be found in your wallet. And money, by the way, is things that fold. If you give me change, I will take it. But you will get a scant, upset smile, not the curt, thank you so much smile. <laughs> Bracket, don't worry, I'm not a stalker. This is where the letter takes a turn. <laughs> Comma, I get stalked myself by women and men at 49, more than I did at 19. It's queer. <laughs> End of bracket. Good luck to you, Lee. That was our viewer mail, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go through this again one more time. Don't worry, I'm not a stalker. I wasn't worried until that sentence came out. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it's like when you try and make the joke, have you ever had this joke made to you by like one of these two dashing gentlemen where they hand you a drink and went, huh, I didn't put any rehypnol in it? You immediately go, I think you fucking did. <laughs> this actually happened one time, um, I'm from Canada, and in Canada uh, we drive everywhere because we have space. 
and also there's not fucking a lot to do. And I came back from university, my first sort of Christmas break, and my friend Paul had stayed in Ottawa to go to university, and he picked me up and we were going to breakfast and we're driving along this street, and we're driving along, and I see someone that I think uh, we both know, and so we slow down and we look, and we're in his like big panel van, and we stop and we're just looking at her, and it was like a minute and a half, and we are looking at her, and she's just looking at us, and we realize we don't know who this fucking person is. And then so we just drive away. And then my friend Paul, he's the greatest man, he's my best friend, but he's fucking nuts. And he just turns to us and goes, well, now that woman thinks we're rapists. And we just <laughs> keep driving. And I, I'm really big into karma and the universe, and I'm just like, I don't need that energy out there. I don't. So I literally was like, let's turn around and explain we're not rapists. <laughs> And because he's an asshole, he said, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we turn around, and then he just rolls down the window, and he goes, hey, my friend wanted you to know he's not a rapist. Have a good day. We're going to Denny's. And just drove away. Oh, my God. That was one of my first stand-up bits ever, and it never got laughs like that because I didn't have poise. I would deliver it timid in a suit because when I was first a comedian, I thought you had to wear a suit to be in show business. So I'd wear a suit, sweating, just being like, just so you know, not a rapist. Okay, I'll go. <laughs> All right, so don't worry, I'm not a stalker. Comma, I feel that not a stalker, we've walked one. One down, 29 to go. Now, that guy better come back with five pounds or he will be getting a letter from me. Actually, you'll get a letter from Lee, who, who knows what he's up to. <laughs> Comma. Uh, then this is the weird one. I get stalked myself by women and men. At 49, more than I did at 19. But there's no grammar in there, so it's just one run-on sentence. I get stalked by my, uh, myself by women and men at 49, more than I did at 19. It's queer. <laughs> what the fuck? I thought I'd get more out of that. Let's get to Pippa's suggestion. <laughs> Listen, guys, you've laughed a lot. All right, don't stare at me like I just shit in your cereal. We're having a good time. Some of you are unconvinced. That couple at the back who asked me, is it good? And I said, it's weird. They just went, okay, and sat down. Where, where, I detected an accent. Where are you guys from? Iceland. Iceland. Get the fuck out of here, Iceland. Sometimes. Sometimes. I've been to Iceland. Do yourself a fucking favor. Go to fucking Iceland. It is the, I was in Reykjavik. I was in Kopavor. Is that a place? It's a tiny place. You should fucking know. I was in Iceland. You were, you were in Iceland. Do you no. still live in Iceland? No. no. You got the fuck out of there. Fuck them. <laughs> that dollar turned to fish and you were like, see in hell, fuck faces. We're going to where the money is real, not just used for sneezing. So I, I, I went for, uh, for Holland. You went to Holland? Yeah. Ah, yeah, stronger economy and phew, you look like a man who likes his whores. <laughs> <laughs> You can tell that they're from Iceland and not from the Netherlands because they laughed at that. You make that joke to a Dutch person and they look at you, I do not look like that kind of person. And my dress is a pimp, pimp like horse. I am not wearing a furry hat. You cannot laugh at that, but you meet a Dutch person and it's exactly what they're like. They just, they have, they are brilliant at a comedy gig because when they like something, they laugh, but they don't understand sarcasm or satire. What do you mean? There is no pink elephant in this room. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about the abortion you just paid for. Apologies. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Are you going to bring up what an abortion is to the kids? No, I'm not. You guys are disgusting. <laughs> Once again, only the Icelandic people laughed at that. All right. Pippa Evans' suggestion. I feel like we need like a, like a, a thing to bring this in. Can we get a drum roll, ladies and gentlemen? Drum roll. Drum roll on the knees. 
The suggestion for the show is Monte Carlo called. They want their ass back. All right, let's see what we can do with that. Now, Monte Carlo. Do you guys know what Monte Carlo is? I recently actually watched a movie about Monte Carlo. Do you know what Monte Carlo is? Let me tell you guys. Monte Carlo is in France or Spain. I'm not really sure because... It's in Monaco. It's in Monaco. It's not in either of those places. <laughs> Trick for you two. Are they teaching you geography in, uh, in school? Yeah. They are? They don't teach that in fucking Canada. Do you know what geography in Canada is? You learn about rocks and they show you a map and go, Canada, America, Mexico, and then Europe is all one place. <laughs> Africa, and then Asia is just Russia until Australia, and then they go Australia. I didn't know about New Zealand until Lord of the Rings. <laughs> so Monte Carlo is a place in Monaco, which, is Monaco a country or is it one of those things no, that it's you... A yeah. It's a principality. Yeah, so a principality of France or Spain? Thank you. It's not, is it? I'm gonna go to the guy in the purple cardigan because you look like you have a wealth of information about this. So it, I wasn't wrong. No, you might not, no. But you mentioned Spain, so it's not. Uh, you, you must always mention Spain. Yeah. <laughs> See, what that's called, Cameron, there, is that's covering up your fuck up by just acting like you're right. It's what America does all the time. They call it foreign policy. Now. <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, by the way, the thing I watched about Monte Carlo, I thought it was a documentary. It turns out it was a bank heist movie called The Good Thief. Now. <laughs> But as I understand, Monte Carlo, it's this beautiful city with like men in tuxedos and it's a lot of old school casinos where like the chips are actually made of platinum and if you fuck up, they don't uh, like beat you up. They just go, sir, your honor has been dishonored. And then they scoff you. And if you've ever been scoffed by a French person, you know your soul breaks. Because where are you from, Cameron? Uh, Bath. You're from Bath. So in Bath, if someone crosses you, what do they do? They're like, how dare you go look at that weird large building and then someone will sell you heroin because that has a problem here, <laughs> as told to me by a police officer when I walked down the wrong alley one time. And he went, you going on to buy heroin, chap? And I went, no, why? And he went, well, you can get it down there, <laughs> this way. <laughs> it's a true story, by the way. Anyway, so, but in, in France or Monaco, which I haven't determined is a real place. People from, has Iceland heard of Monaco? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. What kind of answer is that? I can understand why you guys had economic problems. Where is the money? Sometimes it's here, sometimes it's there. Sometimes you have it, sometimes they have it. Sometimes we just... Uh, where's your money? Ours is on a boat. It's in Monaco. That's what really happened. There's an Icelandic gentleman named Bjorn and Schnappen. He's the king of Iceland. They don't know. And so... And he showed up to Monaco in Monte Carlo. So Monte Carlo is a place full of tuxedos. I don't own a tuxedo. Does anyone here own a tuxedo? You just crossed your arms. Like, that was the most... How dare they ask about the tuxedo? I am in a romantic comedy. I own three. One for daytime, one for nighttime, and sometimes just for sleeping. Here's the thing that I don't like about the tuxedo, I know you were curious, is the cummerbund. What the fuck is that for? Because on a man, there's one feature that is never good. And that's this section 
right here. Like if you're two-toned, you know what I mean? Then you have that weird, like too many abs and it looks like just there's a face coming out of your belly. Like you're, like you're the leader in the first Total Recall and not that remade version that was so shit for some fucking reason. Let's get to this. Why the fuck are they remaking everything good in the 80s? Predator was great. The guy's face looked like a vagina. Jesse the Body Ventura said, I'm a sexual tyrannosaurus, and then they just murdered people in the jungle. And then what did they do? They remade Predator, and they're on an island, and Ed Norton's a murderer. I just ruined the editing for you. Let me get to this. Have you seen Total Recall, Cameron? Yeah, yeah. Which one? Which one? The old one, so with Arnold Schwarzenegger and that really ugly woman that says two weeks and then the puppet shoots out of his stomach. Well, when you're an older man, what actually happens, that's a documentary, what actually happens is your stomach does that. Like, you see mine, I work out a fair amount, and yet right here is just horrible. It looks like I'm smuggling prawns. <laughs> and so that, that's what happens. And yet the cover bun, that showcases that area while you're wearing a cocktail jacket. And I feel like when you're in a tuxedo, you just expect to be James Bond as a man. Have you ever worn a tuxedo? Yeah, you just expect to be able to walk up and be like, what is your name? Vagina Fantastic? Over here to the cloakroom. Time for fingering. And that, and that just never happened. I think men have that conception with suits in general. Like anytime, I've never been in a tuxedo, but whenever I'm in a suit, I'm just looking for mirrors to just pose. It's like, oh yeah, you've got it going on. You should call someone and say you're an Icelandic banker and you're heading to Monte Carlo. Put a lot of money on a race. Now, another thing I know about Monte Carlo is this. There is a big giant car race there, man in the purple cardigan. In the race, yes. Yeah, fuck yeah! <laughs> I don't. It's a legend. Uh, who is? Pardon me. Is it a legend? Where are you from? That car race. That car race. Where, where are you from, by the way? Uh, I'm Polish. You're Polish. Your accent is fucking fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm not. I would tell you if it was shit. Like you notice I didn't address the Icelandic accent. No. <laughs> Because I've never actually detected, I've never met a Polish person, even though if you talk to racists in the UK, they're everywhere. <laughs> I've not met one, I've met a lot of shitheads, and that's never brought up. But, thank you for laughing at that, not having the reaction I occasionally get when I'm like, what's up with all the racism here? And they're like, we think it's appropriate. You got a problem with that? Like, yeah, yeah, I do. And they're like, well, there's 11 of us, and you look like you can fight, but you definitely can't fight because you're standing in a jaunty manner. You're like, oh, good point. Well, how about instead of fisticuffs, we have a spelling contest. You guys can spell vanish while I vanish. Now, so you're from Poland? Uh, yes. Yes. You don't, you, your accent is just, it, there's something about it where you, I just believe everything you say. <laughs> say something that's completely not true. I'm gay. I believe him. <laughs> Marching? Marching yeah. toward the fellas, aren't you, sir? <laughs> yeah! People of the internet, I know that wasn't a very good joke, but sometimes there's low-hanging fruit and you gotta grab for it, just like marching always does. Now, it's the last gay joke, I promise, probably not. Now, marching, have you, do you, do you like car racing? No, not, not especially, no. No, neither do I, because it just, I want, I know I'm not supposed to root for the crashes, but the problem is they always are like, you want to, you gotta look forward to the crashes, that's the exciting part. And then they crash and then someone dies and you're like, oh, this is fucking so sad. What, why were we looking forward to this? And there's just billionaires in the crowd in their tuxedos being like, we're gonna fuck some people, yeah, let's do it. And because the thing is this, I don't know if you guys know, the Formula One is owned by a guy. Did you know this? It's owned by one guy, what's his name? I can't remember. What? 
Bernie Eccleston, the most evil sound. Who invented the laser that turned the sun into a vacuumless black hole? It was Bernie Eccleston. Ah, of course. He has a wig. I've never seen a worse. It literally looks like he walked into a carpet supply shop and went, I'd like that sample, burgundy. Put it on my head. Let's do it. And his, his, his now ex-wife, but they're actually still together. So what he did was he went around to all the Formula One teams, possibly in Monte Carlo. We don't know. Thank you for the subtle sympathy laugh there. So I leaned in for attention. Anyway, so he went around to them all and he said, uh, how about you guys to avoid taxes? We put it all into a fund and I'll just put my name on the fund and then it'll be cool. And they were all like, that's a really good idea. There's no way Bernie Eccleston will betray us even though he's dressed in a silver jumpsuit and an egg chair and he's petting a white cat. <laughs> There's no way we can. So we got all the teams to sign up that, all their sponsorships, and then just in a day, he owned Formula One. And then, because he really just wanted to piss in the eye of every man, Cameron, when you grow up, do not be like this. He then divorced his wife and gave her everything. And to get out of ever paying tax, every Christmas, he gets a Christmas gift from his ex-wife of $200 million. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever been through divorces, but let's just say my father may or may not have been divorced <coughs> three times. So I've been through a few divorce situations. No ex-wife is giving anyone $200 million. He might be giving them $200 million Icelandic kroner, because fuck you. <laughs> it's the only price I could go for. And I don't know what the Polish currency is. What is it? It's the what? <laughs> the I can't even fucking pronounce it, and I don't know if I believe you because of your accent. Like, I don't know if that's real or you're just like, I'm going to tell him the Zwatsy, even though that means penis in Polish. <laughs> really horrible third Austin Powers movie. Do you know? <laughs> Gold, what was it called? What the Gold f member. Gold member. I love Mike Myers so much, but I wanted to find him and slap him for that movie. Just, what are you, Michael Caine's in the movie and you made it shit? How the fuck did you do that? It's Michael Caine. He can walk into any room and just be like, oh, hello, I'm Michael Caine. I have weird droopy eyes and it looks like I just woke up by sleeping. How's it going? You're just like, this is the fucking coolest guy I've ever seen in my entire life. He's totally gonna kick someone. I know he's going to. He's wearing jaunty boots. And it was just a shitty movie. But the way you say gold is the exact way gold member said gold. Which brings me to my next question. Are you Mike Myers? Oh God, how do you know? I still don't know what that means. I feel like you and I need to get tuxedos and head to Monte Carlo because we could be in a seven way in about 45 minutes. You just walk up to, you probably should not have sex with both of us at separate times. And they'll be like, I think we should. I don't know what that accent's from. It's from Poland or not. Zubrik. And then you're just. <laughs> so Monte Carlo called and they want their ass back. Now, I don't know what she's talking about. She may be talking about my fine hiney, which I don't think it's very, I have body, body image issues because I was made fun of as a kid for, uh, for being fat. This is part of my other show, but I wasn't fat, I was just tall, but kids are fucking idiots. <laughs> they are, and it took me forever to figure that out, to the point that when I was uh, like 19, I went to a university doctor, because I, um, the irony was I actually got really fat in university, I was like 300 
pounds, which is like 20 stone. I was a boulder, essentially. And then I lost, I lost all the weight. And people do always ask, they go, how did you lose all of the weight? And what happened was I was in Albany, New York. I was working at a summer camp. We went to Albany, New York, and I was in the food court. And if you've never been to America, their fast food is fucking amazing. Like, you guys talk about, like, kebabs or, like, chicken on chips, and you're like, ooh, that's delicious. You don't understand. There is a place at Wendy's in America, which is a burger place. You can get a burger with five patties, and that's not a special. That's on the menu, because sometimes you want to say to your heart, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I was sitting in, I was in line at the Wendy's, and to show you my diet, I was going to get one of the five patty burgers, because it's lunchtime, and I would like to eat all of the cows. And in, and in front of me was a very obese man on a motorized scooter, which you don't really see in the UK, mostly actually I think because you guys just get so intensely secretive in your early 20s that any fat just melts away because you're just looking at people with a don't take my stuff, don't take my stuff, and that just sweats away. But in America, they're far too <laughs> trusting because they are packing heat. Everyone has a gun. And you think that's a joke. It's not true. Or it's true. I once was crossing the border and they said to the guy, do you have any firearms? And he went, well, just the shotgun. And they went, well, just the shotgun. And drove him through <laughs> into Canada. Again, I thought that would get a laugh, but nothing. But it was a true story. It was with my friend Derek's again and we were sneaking into America to do stand-up comedy. That was a joke, by the way. That wasn't true, people who were listening from the NSA. Anyway, so, I'm in, uh, I'm in a food cart line in Albany, New York. I'm big fat John Hastings, 21 years old, and in front of me was a fat guy on a motorized scooter, and he was trying to convince the woman to add a sixth patty to the burger, like, and he was not doing a very good job. Like, it was just a, come on, come on, and I'm just sitting there and my first thought was, that's a really good idea, actually. <laughs> and in that moment, I realized you have, to, you have to stop. So I became a vegetarian, and which is, if you've ever been a vegetarian, like I was a vegetarian, and then I started touring the UK. Do you understand what that was like in 2007? <laughs> in 2011, vegetables arrived, and you guys all got skin complexion and good times. But before the five-a-day program, a vegetable literally was a potato. I was in a nice restaurant in London, and I said, what are your vegetarian options? And they said, chips from across the street. <laughs> So I lost all the weight. So I'm always like very like weird when anyone says like, even as a joke when they're like Monte Carlo called, they want their ass back. And I'm like, are you talk talking about my ass? I know it, it does look good. I didn't used to look good, but now I feel like I look good. And it's a very <laughs> weird thing to go through because it's, uh, we're at a comedy festival. And so there is a lot of need and a lot of alcohol and a lot of weird propositioning of one another. Yesterday I was walking by the Tron and a punker lady, I think she was a homeless woman, yelled, what's your phone number? And she had no teeth and I still almost gave her my phone number. <laughs> and I have a girlfriend like I don't even know what the fuck I was doing I was just like yeah I just need this for my pride <laughs> all right it's gotten weird but luckily it's uh it's almost time for me to check the levels of all of this and make sure we're recording all oh, the lights are too bright I can't see good we're doing well all right let's talk to you two ladies looking pretty like you're off to bet on the horses in Monte Carlo March and other horses in Monte Carlo don't, no, who the fuck are you, too small? How big is it? Have you been to Monte Carlo? And you're just sitting there? Where were you 20 minutes? I was going to the Polish Wikipedia back there. So Monte Carlo, how, describe it in a sentence. So it's Europe, basically. 
Again, that was way fucking funnier than the rest of you. A lot of silent smiles on that. That was a dissecting, dissenting comment. So it's like that. And it's a lot of old architecture. I'm picturing tiled floors, and I think that's made up. Is there some room in Monte Carlo that has the black and white tile? Confirm or deny? They have marble. See? I think that's just because I've watched Goldeneye and I think that he goes to Monte Carlo in that. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, John. Does all your historical information come from pop culture? You bet your fucking ass it does. <laughs> and so does his. He's not even reading in school. I remember To Kill a Mockingbird. I watched the movie. It was better. Robert Duvall's in it. He's not in the book. Now. <laughs> let's get to it. What were we doing in Monte Carlo? Business. Business. We've talked before and you're always very shady about your business. <laughs> Even more shady than the Polish man, and he's got people out to get him. <laughs> what kind of business? Were you betting on a NASCAR or Formula One race? Were you selling marble? Were you there to meet Bernie Ecclestein? <laughs> Were you traveling to Spain using Monte Carlo because Monte Carlo might be in Spain? <laughs> Is Spain anywhere close to Monte Carlo? No. No? Okay. Let's just. It's not far away. It's How? To Italy. It's closer to Italy? Oh, I know where Italy... Oh, I fucked that one up royally, didn't I? Because, like, Spain's over here and Italy's over here, right? If this not map was Europe. I think this podcast's going to be called John Doesn't Know How to Use a Map. I think next year my show is literally I'm just going to get dumped in various countries in Europe and go, Where are we? And when they don't speak English, they'll go, Okay, France! And then just gauge their reaction. If they get angry, I'll know it's France. Now... Because going back to what I was saying at the very top, let's finish that sentence. No one will make you feel smaller than a French person for any transgression, any problem, anything you fuck up, they will just make you feel this small. When I went to Paris, one time I was uh, 13 years old, just like you, Cameron, only many years ago. S 16 years, fuck, that's a long time. Ooh, I feel a bit old now. 16 years ago, I went to Paris with my mom, and uh, my mom had decided, because she, she loves the Eiffel Tower, she's very much a mom in that way, where all parents get certain obsessions in their life, and my mom's is the royal family and the Eiffel Tower. Like, if someone brings up the CN Tower, which is in Canada and is the world's largest freestanding structure, she'll immediately like, but it doesn't have the grace of the Eiffel Tower, and how many engagements occur on the CN Tower? Not a one, but there's the most on the Eiffel Tower, and she'll sit there like she's won the argument that no one was having. <laughs> And so we, we, we would just been in, uh, we were there for, we went to Holland, and we met the Holland, Hollandaise people, and, uh, <laughs> I'm writing that, that's going in the act, that's a good line. Now, and then we went to Belgium, and Belgium gets shit from everyone. But I had a fucking great time in Belgium, because I went to the Tintin Museum, and I learned that Tintin was not like a creative mastermind. Tintin, the guy who wrote and created Tintin, he was a big old Nazi. Like, remember the Nazis? You guys remember, you don't remember the Nazis, Cameron, but the rest of us, before you were born, there were these people called the Nazis, and now they've become the Tory party. And they, <laughs> but before then, they, they dressed in all black and they just fucked up Europe royally. And the guy who wrote Tintin, do you know, what t you know Tintin? So the guy who wrote Tintin, he loved the Nazis. Like, he, was, he had all of their books. They only had one book, but he had, like, a bunch of copies of it. And, and he, he got caught. For, he was the one who, who drew most of the Nazi propaganda that we all know and don't love. And they, the Belgians caught him and were like, you have to stop. You're going to jail for supporting cr war crimes. And then 
So I don't remember. It was like the prime minister was like, I've got a better idea. Let's make him write a comic book that promotes the heroism of the Belgians every year until he's dead. And that was Tintin. So instead of going to jail for war crimes, he had to write a story about a guy and his sailor captain friend and his dumb dog that may or may not have talked. I can't remember. And they always encountered the twins and it was very bad against the Asian people. Anyway, Belgium was fun. Then we get to Paris and we're coming in on a cab from the train station and my mom had arranged to have her hotel and was facing the Eiffel Tower and she gets out of the cab and the Eiffel Tower is right behind her and she's just looking at the hotel and she goes, this hotel does not face the Eiffel Tower. I cannot see the Eiffel Tower anywhere. <laughs> and the cab driver just, Madame, le tour c'est ici. <laughs> and she just turned around and just, this is how sweet my mom went, went, of course, it was behind me. I'm so silly. And then the cab driver went, yes, very silly. <laughs> and then we went up the Eiffel Tower. Now, I have a fear of heights, and do not go on the Eiffel Tower if you're afraid of heights, because you think it's not that tall. But what they don't tell you is you have to take stairs in between the floors. And they're not like stairs everywhere else, where they're inside or tethered to anything. It's just a staircase into nothing, and the wind's blowing, and you can feel it kind of creak, like, so I just remember being 13 years old and my mom just nobly being like, the Eiffel Tower dreams are happening. And I'm just clinging. I don't think there was a rail, actually. I think it was just the steps, because it was 1999. So it was before like Europe really caught up with the times and you guys just let people die whenever. So yeah, and it, it is France. If you want to be engaged on the Eiffel Tower, you must go. But first you must earn your life on the steps of death. <laughs> We grease them with foie gras. My French accent is very uh, racially insensitive. Now, so we did that. And my mom still remembers that. Like, now when you bring up the Eiffel Tower, she goes, I still love it, but I don't appreciate how that cab driver spoke to me. That's what the French can do. But you're, you're, you're from England. England people, you can't, you can't hurt someone's soul, but you guys try. <laughs> Even the, Scot the Scottish try harder. We've been walking around the festival. You guys have all had things said to you, haven't you? Because who here is visiting from another place to see the festival? Show of hands. So it's like, it's most of you. Except I knew you guys were Scottish, by the way. Just one guy in a Slayer t-shirt with the beard who looks like he invented sailing. And then his two buddies who look like they would be in the bank heist, but they'd be in the van hacking into the security system. You guys are definitely Scottish. And I can see with your body languages that you're enjoying the show, but you're still like, get these fuckers out of my country. Seriously. <laughs> So how you guys, do you guys like having the Edinburgh Festival here? See, they can't even say. They just stare at me and be like, we like the money, but we don't like all you people. Could you guys just maybe leave it in Carlisle and we'll pick it up next year? So ridiculous. Are you guys for or against Scottish independence? Yeah, for. Here's the thing, everyone says they're for independence, and yet poll numbers are showing that it's 35 to 65%. So I think some of you are lying, or they're rigging the election. Either way, do you like Alex Salmon? Do you think he's a good guy? This is the fucking problem. <laughs> is that you guys are go you're siding with someone you don't even like. Like, I understand to you guys, David Cameron, giant douche but you're walking behind a big old turd face being like, he's almost as good, he's not. He's friends with Donald Trump. No one is friends with Donald Trump. Let's you understand, he makes Alan Sugar look like a nice guy. He makes Beryl Eckenstein 
Still look like a dick face, but still. It's bad news. And to, why don't you like Alex Salmon? I elect you leader because you're wearing a Slayer t-shirt and I also like that band. You don't know really. Again, most Scottish accent, right? Or answer right there. Why is your hair on fire? I don't know really. I was smoking and there was hairspray. A lot of things could have happened. Where are you from? If you say don't know really, I'm gonna shit my pants. From where? From here. From here. From this room. Your parents conceived you on this bar. And then your mother stayed here pregnant because his father had, you know, other things going on. And then you were birthed here and you grew up on a steady diet of, of pub peanuts and the band Slayer. You found your two friends when they were trying to rob the three sisters and they hacked into the computer and found you in a broom closet eating a wire and you thought, you come with us. And you're like, what's your name? And you went, it's Connor, I'm Scottish. And it's not a Scottish name, but I don't know what Scottish names are. Robert? Yeah, right? Because in Ireland... You say Patty and like 11 people turn around and go, sup? And you're like, hey, what's up? I love this place. In Canada, you just say Christopher. And most people, men, women, will turn around and be like, yeah, I know him. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> but Scotland doesn't have that generic sort of name. Like, as in a, a North American, I just want to go, is one of you named William Wallace? I, that'd be cool. But I know that you guys really didn't like that movie, so I don't bring it up. <laughs> That made you all very nervous. Like, it wasn't a movie. I know, it was, though. And it was... Fuck, Mel Gibson really fucked himself because I love the Lethal Weapon series. And you just can't watch it anymore because the entire time you're thinking, like, yeah, but he did say a lot of racist stuff. But he is friends with that black man, so what does that say? <laughs> People can change. All right, so you're from Edinburgh. What's your name, brother? Mike. Mike. Oh, very interesting. And what do you do for a living, Mike? <laughs> you're unemployed. <laughs> I don't know why you're the only three people who laughed at that. Are these two your former bosses and they took you out and this is you, them getting you pissed? Like, all right, let's take you to watch the comedian riff for a bit and then you're fucking fired, bro. What did you used to do, Mike? Uh, quite a lot. Quite a lot. All right, see Cameron, you wanna know why I liked you? Because you gave answers to questions. Vague McGillicuddy over here is just spewing hot air in here, just wasting time. You know what they would have done to you in Monte Carlo? They would have dressed you up and said, how dare you? That's <laughs> what happens in Monte Carlo, Cameron. What is your name, buddy? I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Louis. It's a great name. Do people sometimes call you Louis and then you get upset? Yeah. Yes. I like how you answered first. <laughs> that means, Cameron, anytime you want to fuck with Louis, you're just like, hey, Louis! <laughs> yourself a self high five now mike do you have older or younger brothers younger brother so do you have a piece of advice for cameron as an older brother that he should know because you're because how old are you now because you're scottish so you could be 15 or you could be 75 and i'll never know <laughs> you're 21 never would have guessed what's it, a piece of advice as an older brother that you can give this older brother All right, let me just show how that advice was delivered for the home audience. He's, his advice was be good friends, but how he said it was like this, be good friends. Where is your younger brother, just in a dungeon? Probably at home, you know, uh, I don't know. Anyway, well ladies and gentlemen, we're about to, we're gonna wrap up, but how we wrap up the show here, and I like how I'm talking about like how we've always done it, even though it's day two and we're still figuring it out, and by we, I mean me, 15 minutes before the show started, is uh, we're gonna wrap it up, I'm gonna go through a little bit of news, 
that matters to me because we're here at the Edinburgh Festival and comedians, for me, we get stuck in this bubble of like, oh, did you see? You were reviewed by Smamana and they gave you four pitchforks, which means that you may or may not be able to be on ITV7 when that becomes a thing. It'll only be broadcast on microwaves when we have the aluminum helmets. Get excited. So... <laughs> Again, for the performers, they're like, that's fucking dead on. That's how it... If you go into one of the arts bars, like the Brooks Bar or the Abattoir or the Loft Bar, it's literally just people having conversations, looking at other people, saying, is that person important? Is that person... I was in the Loft Bar, which is the Gilded Balloon Arts Bar, when Hugh Grant walked in two years ago, and everyone stopped talking for five minutes and just looked at him. And then when he left, someone yelled, now we can get back to being famous. <laughs> it was awesome. I wish it was me who yelled that, but I don't know who it was, but it was so fucking good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, here's some news uh, that's mattering to me. I know what you're thinking. Is it going to be important news? Oh, oh, it is not going to be important news. First one up. Uh, CIA apologizes for snooping on Senate staff computers. I, do you guys know the story? So basically, in the United States, the NSA has been going around and snooping on all of our email because all of us are threats. Like me yeah, sending emails of dogs pooping to my girlfriend to make her happy on a bad day is really important to counter terrorism. But now the CIA has been found to be snooping on Senate computers, and they apologized. But they were apologized in a report about another incident. It's the greatest, most bureaucratic thing I've ever seen in my entire life. A report from the Central Intelligence Agency's general fraud. Don't worry, guys. The next story is about Hulk Hogan's ex-wife calling her ex-boyfriend a leech. It's going to get way funnier in a second. <laughs> but you know what? Sometimes you have to deliver the news. It's not all fun haircuts and... I don't know what your story is, man. <laughs> Are you with the CIA? No. By the way, by the way, this is a little thing I just read on a conspiracy theory website. Apparently the NSA isn't actually the ones tapping it. It is the CIA, but they did it in this weird roundabout way because the NSA can't be charged because it's an internal United States intelligence force and not an external intelligence force. Here's my fucking thing. Does the United States just love anagram companies? The amount of fucking agencies they have in their government. What are you? Well, we're the ATF. That's the NSA. That's the FBI. That's the CIA. That's the DEA. And you, listen, I live in the UK. If anyone needs a drug enforcement agency, it's the UK. I got offered cocaine yesterday morning in the train station, and I think the guy worked at the train station. Like the US, like I don't smoke a lot of weed, but occasionally I like to get high and laugh while I eat cereal. And trying to find weed, if you're ever in the United States, is trying to like finding a smile in Scotland in the daytime. Impossible. And so the uh, CIA's apologized to the Senate, but they have not apologized to each and every one of us because the CIA did hack all of the computers in the UK. It was allowed by David Cameron. Again, not, not David Cameron's finest moment, but luckily David Cameron doesn't get finest moments because he looks like a turd. Do you remember when he left his eight-year-old in a uh, stall of a pub? I will never forget that story because his apology was, who hasn't done that? <laughs> everyone. Everyone called parents, Dave. Thanks for trying. <laughs> Do you wonder if Nick Clegg ever just looks at his hands? Like, he's just like, what the fuck did you do? You could have gone with Ed Miliband, and yes, he has a dial tone come to life, but still. We could have made it happen. Yes, I know, I'm talking about politics of a country that I'm not legally allowed to vote in, but it's a little thing called free speech. And you guys don't know about Canadian politics, and let me tell you, not exciting at all. Like, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the press just gave Rob Ford crack, so they had something to write about. <laughs> And by the way, Rob Ford, uh, still mayor of the fourth largest city in North America. And yesterday, to publicize his mayoral campaign, he went for coffee with DJ Deadmau5 and videotaped it. There's four different videos. It's fucking embarrassing. 
and yet I watched them all. Because <laughs> here's the thing about Rob Ford. I've never met him. Uh, a lot of people in Canada have met him because in Canada, our politicians are kind of just like dudes. Like, they just wander around. Like, I grew up in Ottawa, which is the capital, and the prime minister, you would just see going for lunch by himself. Like, it's not, there's no, because like, who's going to fucking kill the Canadian prime minister? Like, who would know? Not even people in Canada. They'd be like, who's that guy? Like, the other one was shot. Really? We have guns here? Yeah, who knew? And the, the John Critchie was president or prime minister for 12 years. He got pied in the face two separate times and a guy licked him. Has that ever happened to a prime minister in the UK? Like if someone had his tongue out 10 square miles from David Cameron, someone would just hit him with a club and be like, you don't do that or he'll leave you in a pub bathroom with his daughter. David Cameron doesn't know about punishments, hence all the stuff. Anyway, let's, uh, let's get to it. Let's get to some hard-biting news. Linda Hogan, uh, ex-wife of Linda Co Hogan, is now scoffing at her ex-boyfriend's claims he was treated like day labor during their relationship, saying he lived in the lap of luxury the entire time they were banging. She's 57. You don't get to say banging at 57. <laughs> I'm 29, and I have like six more months of saying banging, and then I have to say they were having relations until I die. <laughs> Soros is very, clo uh, very close to the former couple, say that their breakup was uh, acrimonious? TMZ doesn't know how to, oh, I just don't know. Filled with acrimony. Is that a word? Yeah. Is it? I believe you. Marcin, word? I've got no idea. I've got no, I fucking believe you. <laughs> Filled with acrimony, uh, the couple hooked up during uh, Linda Hogan's divorce from famed wrestler Hulk Hogan. So those of you guys don't know the story, do you guys know who Hulk Hogan is? Yep. Yeah, so Hulk Hogan, for those of you at home who don't know, uh, is a professional wrestler. He's the one in uh, red and yellow. He was in the greatest movie ever called No Holds Barred, which is about a professional wrestler in a world where wrestling is real. And this television executive named Mr. Brill hires him to come be on his network. But um, uh, Rip, who Hulk Hogan plays, doesn't want to. And so the television network guy tries to have him killed and then have his girlfriend raped. And then they fight in an electrified wrestling ring. And then the network head dies and everyone applauds, even though none of them knew he was evil. It's the greatest movie ever made. It was written by Hulk Hogan, by the way. I don't know if you guys could have guessed by the amazing plot that had holes in it so large you could drive 11 trucks through while Scottish people went, I don't know why the trucks are here. It's a story. <laughs> Anyway, so Hulk Hogan and his wife Linda uh, divorced. Uh, they had a fortune of 20 uh, million American dollars, which is like 75 British pounds, so like a lot of money. <laughs> it's like the oldest joke in the book, but I fucking love making it because all of you scoff. Whenever I take out Canadian money and you're like, oh, a loon's on it. Puh. And it's like, yeah, a noble bird. I'll see you guys later. Thanks for leaving money at the back. Don't you fucking walk away without leaving money. Marcin, go get them. <laughs> Go give them what they call the Polish surprise. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It. What? Pardon me? Never heard about it. You never heard about it? No. That's what's so surprising about it. <laughs> Have you ever heard about Hulk Hogan's divorce? Well, let me get into it. So his wife got $15 million, and then the lawyers chewed up $5 million. So Hulk Hogan, the man who became famous for fake fighting other shirtless men, which is less realistic than a unicorn taking a shit right now. <laughs> Lost all of his money to his wife and then he made a reality show about it called Hogan Knows Best. Not about selecting divorce lawyers, evidently. <laughs> and the final episode is he sits in a boat and looks at his former house while his dog tries to swim out to the boat and then he cries, but he can't break wrestling character. So he says to the camera, the Hulkster's Hulk heart is broken, brother. 
the Hulkster's heart is broken. It's a weird way to end the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. Yeah, thank you so much for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want more information about me, please go to my website, John Hastings Comedy. Please remember to give money to me at the back because this podcast equipment isn't free. You guys all laughed, even the Icelandic people, and they're tough to make laugh because for fuck's sakes... See, very hardy, and only they will admit. Very hard, very hard. And we laughed, even though the mayor of uh, Reykjavik is a comedian, John Narr. Very nice. I saw the back of his head in an airport one time. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Anything Could Be a Podcast podcast. You've been a crowd that could be anything, but you know what you were? You were spectacular. Thank you very much. We'll see you later. See you at the back. Goodbye.